0: uh boy, that's nicholas saying you're thinking of yeah. yeah that was nicholas saying yeah then edit that, that
1: whole thing <laughs> do not even
0: put that on there
1: <laughs> welcome everybody to the rnr cat cast a fan-based podcast focusing on montana state athletics we're two dudes named ryan from the state of washington talking about our dear montana state we hope you enjoy it Welcome back, Bobcat fans. It's time to reflect on our picks for the Bobcat All-Decade team. Thorny, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Ryan? It's
0: good to get back on the R&R, man. It's good to talk. I know. It's been a while. It feels a little awkward. Um, we're going to do our All-Decade thing, though. It be, should be fun. We got Shane Driscoll here from the Bobcat Outsider to help us kind of pick uh, through the All-Decade team the best players to wear the Bobcat uniform from 2010 to 2019. Shane, how you doing?
2: Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's an honor to uh, be part of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have the best video channel. I like to say that we have the best podcast channel. I don't know. Fan-based stuff. We're all in the same realm here. It's really good to do some stuff with you. It's been too long, my friend.
2: Well, Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I think you guys do have the the best fan-based podcast (laughs) out there.
0: Are we... We used to joke that we're like the fourth best podcast. We're up to number (laughs) three probably now. (laughs) Moving up in the world. All right. Well, like uh, we kind of talked about, what we decided to do was an all-decade all-star, because I'm a terrible namer of things. That's what I'm calling it. Pick out our favorite, or I guess what we consider the best player. And that was very open to interpretation on what you consider best. Player for each position for the Bobcast from 2010 to 2019, and that's just exactly all we're gonna do for the show outline. That is, that is it. We're gonna do that. We're gonna start off first. Though, what are we drinking, fully? What do you got over there?
1: It's a little bit of a role reversal, right now, isn't it? It is. Yep. Yeah. You you wow.
0: told me to do it, and uh, I tried my best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you you did well, but um, one of my favorite beers. I, I saved one in the fridge. I tucked it away in the back so my wife would not get it. It is. Um, from Fort George, which is in Astoria, Oregon, it's called City of Dreams. It's a pale ale, five and a half percent alcohol. It's a hazy. You know, I love those. I had it, I think maybe on last season as well. But uh, man, it's a solid one. If you're not in the Pacific Northwest, I'm not sure if you're getting it. I don't know if Montana gets it, but it's one of my groove calls. It's delicious. That's what I got. How about you?
0: Well, first of all, if you're hiding a bear from your wife, what like? What in the fridge would be the best spot to hide it from your wife? She'd never look behind it. For my yeah, wife, no, if I had something but... behind the pickles, she'll never look for it because she never eats pickles.
1: <laughs> I was going to probably say behind the other beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hide my favorite beer behind my lesser favorite beer. She'll never know. <laughs> There's like a couple of stragglers like that or just
1: like sitting in the in the corner that like, you know, people will like come over for, for dinner and they'll bring like a six pack and you just, you, you forget about them back there and they're just, it's probably like two or three just misfit beers sitting in the corner back there that haven't been touched in maybe months i just put it back there so she went and put her paws on
0: it <laughs> <laughs> nice well i should have done a guest first so we'll do guest second shane what are you drinking
2: i uh we, we had cold smoke go on sale here at our uh local store so i got a cold smoke here
0: Ooh. oh man jealous i still have i still got like six of those in my garage i haven't refrigerated yet so I do have some, but um, yeah, good choice. Good choice. Yeah. I have the Fat Tire Belgian White, which is actually pretty good. I've never had it before. I've always been a fan of just regular Fat Tire, tried their Belgian White that I saw on sale, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a nice, light, crisp beer. Mm. You know, Belt Montana
1: makes a good Belgian White. Oh, man, it's
2: delicious.
0: The best. Yep. I usually, I mean, there's just a handful of beers when I go back to Montana. Cold Smoke's one of them belchian white's probably number two of the ones i always try and get my hands on
2: yeah you know, that's the same both me and my wife that that's one and two for us too
0: i've been over to that brewery in belt montana you, you've been there fully right we're both great falls boys belts basically great falls
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's a nice place i i really enjoy belt and um, one of my favorite events in the summer was always the belt rodeo and then you would hit the brewery and um that little place there in town, I, I can't remember the name of it, but uh it's Belt's a cool little town.
0: It's cool, yeah. Like if you drive on the highway, it's like down in like a valley that like, you don't even see the town at all. It's like you wouldn't even know it's there. <laughs> it's cool.
2: No, it is, yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Man, I'm jealous of you guys. We uh we wanted to get up to Belt. Um we tried to we try to kind of adventure around Montana uh in the summer and we wanted to get up there this last summer, but we're definitely gonna check out harvest moon brewery uh this next summer make make a plan of it
0: you're gonna drive right through great falls
2: <laughs> yeah probably we'll probably do like uh get up there i want to do like missouri breaks or like get, get over to fort peck or something but um but yeah we'll, we'll go through great falls uh, laura's got some family up there
0: well make make sure to visit fully and i's dam over there ryan dam so that's our that's our dam over there <laughs> 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 have you been there fully
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I used to trail run on the south uh, the south shore trail quite a bit over there, and uh, you hit Ryan Dam about nine miles out. It's pretty good.
0: Not just a little nine mile John.
1: you know what? Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I guess it, maybe it's not nine from the trailhead, but you it would be about like the total when you would get back. Oh, got it. Yeah.
0: Either way, nine miles. It's a long run.
1: But Shane, <laughs> one thing I was going to say, and when you're out there, you should spend a day or two up in the Little Belt Mountains. Oh yeah man, the little belts are a really special mountain chain to me. And one of, I think one of the hidden gyms in Montana.
2: Nice. Yeah. I, I, um, they, they kind of extend toward Lewistown, right? Is that right?
1: No, That'd be more like the, well, yeah, yes and no, but you is got the big snow down there
2: kind of in between is, is Judith gap between the little belt and like the big Belt or something.
0: The medium belt.
2: <laughs> is that where the medium belt is? No, I'm sorry. I will, I will. But yeah, that, that is a, a range that I've, I've wanted to get into a little bit.
0: Okay. Yeah. Got to document it on your uh, YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, gentlemen, are you ready to get into the, the main event, what we're all here for?
1: Let's do it. Sure all am. Right.
0: So, like I said, the criteria for our all-star, all-decade team, basically whoever you thought was best. You can choose whether the meant stats what he meant to the team, his leadership. Uh, was he a winner? Was he on a, just a good player on a bad team? How do you weigh that? That's all subjective. Completely let that open to interpretation. You only get to pick one player for each position, which made it pretty challenging. Uh, we, we ended up breaking it out into 16 different positions. Cause I did break down like offensive line. Cause that's five guys. So I'm like, all right, I'll do a center. And then the rest of the guys, like a tackle or a guard. We, put it out there for Twitter on each one of them. And actually the hardest part for me was trying to whittle down to the Twitter parameter of four to vote on. I mean, one, two, and almost all of them was easy. One, two, and three, and most of them was easy. But sometimes getting that, figuring out who was worthy of the four spot, basically like a little Mount Rushmore of, to the 2010s was a little tricky. Even, even if they weren't going to affect the winner whatsoever, still I wanted to get the correct guys on the top four. I have no idea how I'm going to point total this up. I've I've tried to figure it out. We'll figure it out. I want the Twitter vote to be worth something. I think most of these aren't going to be too big of, I think we're going to agree on most of them. That's what I'm trying to say, but we'll see, we'll see. Well, once we're done, I'll put it out on the Bobcat nation on Twitter. It's kind of our finalized list of the winners for everything based on what our feedback and the Twitter feedback is. So how's that sound guys? That sound fun.
1: Thorny, you have been just peppering me with all these little text messages and emails about this. I'm just excited to get this done.
0: I know, me too. I was like, I'm tired of like trying to figure out who the fourth best safety is. I just want to start just talking about who I think is the best safety. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, there we go. Let's get it going. These are no particular order. We're going to go position by position. I'll probably start off with the Twitter poll. And then I'll just ask you guys if you agree with the Twitter poll. And if not, who is your pick? So let's might as well start off with the most important position in football quarterback. I put it out to Twitter. Denarius McGee, Dakota Prukop, Chris Murray, Troy Anderson. Denarius McGee won that in a landslide. Shane Driscoll, guest. What do you think? Is that the correct vote?
2: Uh, yeah. I'm- yeah, I want to say it was Chris Murray instead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it, there's just no way you can pick against Denarius McGee and this. Uh, I mean, it's weird that he was even in this decade because he could have also been in 2010. I mean, I mean, because he because he was in 2010, he could have been in the first decade. But yeah, I mean, the guy was just a beast. And, and I, I don't think anyone can forget what he meant to the team and still means to the team.
0: Ryan Foley?
1: You know, after Travis Lule, we went through a couple quarterbacks, you know, Corey Carpenter, uh, Jack Rolovich. And then all of a sudden, here comes this freshman out of Uless, Texas. Uh, And, man, McGee, gosh, four-year starter. What can you say? I mean, he was, you know, a newcomer of the year in 2010. He was Big Sky MVP in 2012, first-team All-American in 2012, and first-team All-Big Sky in 2012. I think all that pales in comparison just in what he meant to the Bobcats in a time when, you know, the Bobcats reached number one for the first time, a number one ranking for the first time in, well, I guess since 1984, just his leadership. I remember uh, Scott Manch from the Tribune wrote an article about him as maybe a sophomore or maybe a freshman. but the, there was a, a story of him picking up, they were running gassers during summer, like summer workouts or just like fall camp. And uh, I guess you guys remember Big Lou, Big Lou Su- Su- Suacito? Suacito, yep. Yeah, so the story goes, according to Manch, that uh, between gassers, um, Big Lou took a knee and uh, McGee, a wiry freshman, went up. Picked him up by his pads, got in his face, and basically said, "This is not what we're doing anymore around here." And <laughs> I remember uh, cutting that article out and I posted it in my classroom. And remember reading it to my students and just—I was just inspired by him. Uh, I mean, I was—I mean, what could,
0: what else can you say? No, that that sums it up really well. And first of all, how dare you forget about Cody Kemp and Mark Giddens in that quarterback oh, right there—the tail end of the two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably listening to this show. Sorry, Mark and, and Cody. <laughs> um, yep. I mean, this is pretty much an obvious choice. I remember hearing about his his reports in camp, how he was coming along and people like this freshman is just really good. And I remember specifically people talking about how he had this report, Tanner Bleskin, another freshman guy, and basically the unveiling party, 2010, Washington State, almost won that game. I was there. In Pullman, watching that game, watching us salt like lose that, oh, just throwing throwing that game away late in the game. But man, he, from day one, first game, it was the Daenerys McGee show. He was so fun to watch. He holds every single pretty much passing record you can you'd ever want to hold. He's a stud, and this is a yeah very obvious choice here for number one.
1: Ryan, did you know I was at that game as well? Ah, oh, I'm not sure I did actually. Yeah, this is one of my first dates with my wife.
0: <laughs> she's, nice she's a washington coog so uh that was fun i didn't know that that's cool i actually think i might have sat near uh cory chenoweth as well randomly uh-huh. in that game <laughs> the little bobcat <laughs> section we were probably pretty close to each other yeah but we were <laughs> all right and one thing i want to mention here i wanted to mention this before we got into it it's gonna be interesting to hear kind of shane's perspective because i don't think shane's been quite of a diehard as long as you and I have for. Nineteen years. So I'm kind of curious to see how he's influenced by more of what he's seen recently versus what you and I would have seen from like the mcgee Era. It's <laughs> a good point.
2: Yeah, just just for anyone who doesn't know, uh we all graduated right around the same time and I've always been a fan. I've always really liked it. Uh like Bobcat football and but I, but uh as I told these guys, I, I've been a casual fan. Um and it's just I've just gotten more and more serious about it um over the years, maybe starting around two thousand fourteen. Uh, I'm getting really serious about it, uh, culminating into this year where I'm like covering them and doing like a, a YouTube channel on them and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, my, my uh, stuff will be a little bit like, uh, recency biased. Um, cause my, my memories of those days are a little hazier.
0: That was one of the real fun things about doing this is researching, looking at records and stats and you just start jogging your memory. Like, Oh yeah, I forgot how good this guy was in 2012. So it'll be fun to see how it goes. But, uh, Let's keep moving along here. Shane, you can go first on this one, but first we'll do the Twitter one. Running back. This was a pretty good list here. Uh, Cody Kirk, Chad Newell, Isaiah Afonso, Orenzo Davis. Four very good running backs the Bobcats have had, which is crazy how many good running backs they've had. And I think only one of these guys was all conference, but I don't know, two of them. Only two of them, I think, were all conference. Only two of them had... I guess Isaiah had it in 2019. Only three of them had a thousand yard seasons. That's just a product of how good the Bobcats have been running the ball as a team instead of any individual accolades. But Cody Kirk was the winner on Twitter. Shane, do you agree with Cody Kirk as the best running back
2: for the Bobcats? First of all, let me just say what a list, like every single one of these guys is just out of this world. Um, But yeah, I mean, (laughs) I mean, just look up like some of the stats, like, Cody Kirk has like fifty rushing touchdowns, like fifty <laughs> it's insane um i i i do one of the players that does stand out for me from from back in the day is lorenzo davis i i do i just remember watching him run and i just it was one of my favorite things about bobcat football at that time but uh but yeah i i, I don't think that I c i couldn't imagine making a well i chad knowwells one of my favorite players ever but um I, I still think it would be hard to make a case against Cody Kirk.
0: Yeah, Interestingly enough, real quick before we go over to Ryan, Lorenzo Davis only captured 4.4% of the votes on that one, which is crazy because he was an absolute stud in his day as well. How about you, Ryan? What do you agree? Do you agree? Or what do you think? Do you agree Cody Kirk? Yeah, I, I voted for
1: Cody Kirk. He was the only one that uh, had like a first-team All-Big Sky accolade in 2011. And so... Out of that list, I think he has to have the nod. Uh I don't know if he was my favorite on that list. I'd probably have to go with Chad Newell. Um, I did love Lorenzo Davis. I mean, there's so many good ones on that list, but yeah, if you had to put me um, to task on that, I'd have to say Cody Kirk.
0: Well, I'll tell you from this list who had the run of the decade, Lorenzo Davis and Cat Grizz in 2010 in the <laughs> Blizzard. He
1: didn't make Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. I know. what. I think it's I'm when uh,
0: Jimmy Wilson, like, Popped him behind the line of scrimmage. He spun out of it and just somehow twisted and turned it all the way into the end zone for like a 20 25 yard touchdown. Anyway, uh I'm gonna have to agree with Cody Kirk here. It's a tough one. I almost want to pick Isaiah Fonsey because I do think overall he probably is a better running back, but only through two years and this year half of it being pretty injured. I'm looking at my overall body of work. You gotta go with Cody Kirk, touchdown machine. Only guys rushed the for over a thousand yards twice. On this list, you got to go with Cody Kirk here.
2: Yeah, for the record, Isaiah Fonte is definitely going to rush for a 1,000 yards again. But
0: Oh, yeah. If he stays yeah. healthy, for sure. Yeah. All right. Moving along, who do we got next? Let me pull up my thing. I, I left it. All right. This was an interesting one. So keeping kind of on this uh, running back train, I was going to do fullback, but I was like, I don't know if I can populate enough people for fullback, so I kind of combined fullback into H-back. So if you weren't quite a running back, you weren't quite a tight end, you're on this list. So I put in Chad Newell, who was actually fullback for his first at least year, possibly two years. He wasn't the main ball carrier. He got some carries, but he did a lot of blocking and catching out of the backfield. We got RJ Fitzgerald, because he is probably the only pure fullback on this list. Curtis Amos, the probably the only pure H-back on the list, who didn't catch too many balls, but was a blocking machine. And then Trey Robinson, a transfer from, was it Texas or Nebraska? I can't remember.
1: Nebraska, I believe. I should know
0: that. Yeah, Nebraska. Transfer from Nebraska by way of Texas. I think he went U-list just like Denarius McGee did. Twitter picked Chad Newell from this list. I'll probably start on this one since uh, you guys have gone first. another one. I'm going to have to go with Trey Robinson on this one. I don't know if I didn't make it real clear on Twitter what the parameters for this one was. Chad Newell was a really good fullback as well. But Trey Robinson was just an absolute beast when he came in. I believe he w- might've been the newcomer of the year in 2011 or 10 or whenever he came on board. I don't, I shouldn't, I don't have the stats as well as I should for this list, but I'm going to have to go with Trey Robinson just because he was a absolute beast when he was here for first two years, catching the ball, running the ball. He was just a man out there. I guess I'll pass it over to Foley. <laughs> Yeah, Trey
1: Robinson was a man amongst boys out there in just his demeanor. I mean, he was a mature man. He was, I believe he was a father already. Uh, he was a husband already. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm spot on on that. Uh, it's hard to pick against Trey Robinson, but I was going to go with Chad. And the only reason why I was going with Chad was I feel like Chad meant so much to the team a time of so much turmoil at the end of the Ash era. And then the, the first year of uh, the Choate era, um, man, he was just a glue guy, him and Gunnar Brecky back there. Just, but it was him and, you know, the three guys that come out of that uh, era that remind me of that time was Gunnar Brecky, Chad Newell and JP Flynn. And Chad just seems like, like a consummate pro on that team. And just a guy that would just represented the Bobcats he's a Bobcat through and through. And so I love Trey. Um, I mean, I loved Curtis. You know, I, I talked about him a ton last year from what I've seen from RJ Fitzgerald. I just keep, I keep, you know, can't wait to see more of it next year, but I'm I'm going to have to go with Chad because, uh, just his, uh, his toughness and just being you know, one of the, you know, just a Montana boy and just one of the all-time greats as a Bobcat.
0: All right, well, Shane, I guess you're the tiebreaker.
2: Yeah, honestly, this is another list that's just so, like, these guys, like, even RJ Fitzgerald, like you said, like he's so new, but oh my gosh, like watching him play, it's it's just fun, you know. Um, he's mean. Yeah, oh, and he just <laughs> he's just like he cares, like he cares so much on every single play, you know, and and that's actually what I love about Chad Newell was. So I, first of all, I'll just say, yeah, I, I, I remember Trey Robinson was great, but one of the reasons that I wouldn't vote for Chad Newell as, as tailback or, or running back is because I saw you had another spot here. <laughs> so I, th- he's just like one of my favorite players ever. And, and it's, I, I can't say it any better than Foley just did. You, you just, you put it really well f- Foley, but um I will add like, the game that no one wants to talk about, um I think it was the fourteen um cat Grizz it was it was a it was just a mess it was so terrible, but Chad Newell never gave in. he never gave an inch, and he just fought and fought and fought and had a terrific game actually, where he did some things as I think a sophomore that were just insane like he he was he was like one handed like like, completely, like, taking a guy off his cleats into the ground with one hand, with the ball on the other hand, going into the end zone. Like, stuff that, you know, I was like, I didn't even know this guy was that big of a deal. But he he was, he just, like, never gave up. And that's what I think of when I think of, like, playing with heart. It's not just about, like, like a lot of intensity when you're ahead. But when your team is really struggling and they need something mm-hmm. and you just never give up and you are always at that 100% it shows that you care about the Bobcats and you, and, and this, and this particular question, I think is, it just reminds me of like that. I think it's really good that, that you guys wanted to do this and kind of go back and just give a little bit of um, accolade to, to these guys who really meant so much to the Bobcats and really kind of put it all out there, put, put their bodies online and, and, and and really kind of represented our school and our, you know our our football team with a lot of pride, and and Chad Newell is right at the top of that list for me. So I I got to go with Chad Newell on this one.
0: All right, gentlemen, you're both wrong, but uh, <laughs> majority wins here, so Chad Newell <laughs> is going to be our winner here. All right, <laughs> all right, let's move on. That they're very very well s- said there, Shane. I like what you just said there. It's really no, thank you. Really good. Um, this was one of the hardest ones for me personally, wide receiver, because basically. Like all the top five wide receivers have played basically since 2010 because we had very prol- prolific passing games from 2010 to 2015 or so, lots of records being broken. So you had to choose between Elvis Akpla, Tanner Bleskin, Mitch Herbert, or Kevin Cassis. Whoa, Twitter chose Elvis Akpla in a pretty close vote. Ryan Foley, who do you have?
1: I'm going to go to my fellow CMR wrestler, Tanner Bleskin. I think he's an all-time leader in yards. Is, am I right on that? <laughs> that's really bad. I don't know that right now. I was looking at my stats. I can't find anything on him right now.
0: Keep stalling. I'll find it. Okay.
2: <laughs> that, that's what I, he's, he's definitely up there toward the top. Like It could have been. Oh, yeah. No, it was receptions that uh, Big Nell had. But I think I think Bleskin might have had yards. Number one. But he's up at the top in, in any case.
1: He played four years for the Bobcats. So I don't believe Akpla
0: did. He was an organ transfer. Did he play three years for us? I want to say played three years in his like sophomore year, he didn't play a whole lot.
1: I mean, he arguably has like the most memorable catch as a Bobcat, maybe ever.
2: I don't know empty. if that's arguable. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's arguable at all.
1: It was like a top ten, if not the <laughs> top ten, play on SportsCenter. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I mean, once you get past that, I don't know. I just, I just like the Bleskin brothers. I've, I mean, it's CMR. I'm a Great Falls high. Or excuse me. I'm a Great Falls kid. So I'm. I'm going to go with Tanner right there.
2: I I got to go Elvis act play. He's <laughs> that catch was just like. It, it, I, I know this is a terrible reason to vote for someone as the best <laughs> what, receiver in, in the last 10 years, but that was like, it was insane. I mean, it was, it was absolutely insane uh, for, for anyone who doesn't um, know this or hasn't seen it or doesn't remember it. Um, go back and look up Elvis Akpla catch and you'll find it on YouTube. It, it's just <laughs> this insane circus catch where he goes up, he, he catches it with one hand kind of behind his head and, to get the ball back around without hitting the turf with it, he has to swing it around behind his back. And then it's, it's kind of like, it's hard to describe, but his arm is twisted around upside down behind his back as he lands and rolls on the ground to keep it from hitting the turf. It was just the most amazing catch. Uh So, um, so yeah, the catch was awesome. I do want to say like all these guys, again, really, I, I, I know I've been saying this a lot, but this is a really, a, Four really great guys, and Tanner Bleskin probably deserves it. I'm still voting for Elvis Act, but, but uh, also Kevin Cass is a guy that's who's somehow made statistics despite the fact that it's like almost all run all the time team. So you really have to. I, I'm just glad that you guys kind of honored him by putting him on the list because he really is a special player that um, never really ca- kind of got the system that he deserved.
1: Well, Cassis is my second uh, vote on this easily. He, I mean, Shane, I'm just going to put this real quick. As we just kind of talked about Chad Newell being a consummate Bobcat, Kevin Kassis has been a consummate Bobcat as well. Just, no, totally. That guy bleeds blue
0: and gold. I just
1: love that about that guy.
0: Yeah. No, there was, it was a tough choice between for me as well between uh, Tanner Bleskin and Elvis Ackla, but ultimately I had to go with Elvis Ackla as well. I just think... You compare the accolades here, it's going to be probably Tanner Bleskin a little bit. Bleskin, I don't think ever went over a thousand yards as a receiver. Akbla had 1,100 yard season in 2011. Basically, Elvis Akbla is number two on the list, only playing like three years. And he played in 2009. That was his sophomore year, which would have been the Kemp slash Inns So if he would have played all three years with, uh McGee, he would have definitely broken the record. I just think he was overall a more talented wide receiver. I love Tanner Bleskin. He was amazing, but he couldn't take a screen pass to the house. Like Apple could. He couldn't make the circus sketches like Apple could. I had to go with Elvis Apple as the best wide receiver for the buckets. And that was hard to say. Sorry, Tanner. All right. Well, let's move on tight end. This one was a little bit of a surprise to me on the Twitter poll Good choices here. We had Tia Salanoa, Bo Sandlin, Stephen Foster. And here, here's another one where I had a really hard time picking a full spot. <laughs> I picked Kyle Baker, but you could have put Wilson Broughton there, is there, who I probably had as the alternate. Uh, Bo Sandlin ended up winning the spot from his one year in 2015? <laughs> Question mark? But yeah, Bo Sandlin, who ended up having a little sniff in the NFL. Let's see. I think it's Shane's turn to pick. All right. Who do you got here first as your all decade tight end?
2: Uh, okay. I like Bo Sandlin. He's, he was very talented and just huge, but I'm, come on. You got to give T.I. Salanoa this one. That's not, uh, he, he was just a, a great tight end and just such a Bobcat. I mean, Bo Sandlin was like, ah, oh, I'd like to go up to Montana and see what that's about. But it's like, I, I definitely give T. Salanoa this one.
0: Ryan Foley. Do you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, T.S. Salanoa Salano was first team Big Sky in 2014, second team Big Sky in 2013. Uh, that's that's enough for me.
0: Yeah, this one was absolutely shocking to me. I mean, you know, maybe not. Bochsaenland was an amazing receiving tight end. He was very athletic. He was huge. His hands are like the size of a football helmet. But T.S. Salanoa was just the consummate Bobcat. He was a great role model. He was. The all-around mm-hmm. tight end, he could catch, he could pass. He was a, just a great teammate. I mean, I have to put t- – he's one of my favorite Bobcats of the decade, period. So that was an easy choice for me.
2: Let, let me just say real quick, I, I do understand different people are going to look at this list and pick based on different criteria. And so I understand, like, on certain, you know, maybe measurable criteria, why people might have done that. But but I just never would have voted for him over T.I. Solanoa.
0: Maybe if Bo Sandlin had two or three years in the system, but I can't just give it to a one-year flash in the pan like that. Ugh. That was... But yeah, TSN had to win it for me. All right. Moving on. So this is where I split it between the offensive line. This is the guards and tackles. The next one will be center. So guards and tackles. As everyone knows, should know, the Bobcats have had an incredible run of offensive linemen basically for the last 20 years, like who are we kidding here? So the 2010, this was a hard one. So this is one of the first ones where the guy on this list, only he finished his career in 2010. How much weight do you put on it for a guy in this decade? If he only played one year in 2010, I kind of talked in a little bit and Shane had a good point, like, all right, 2010, if his last senior year was an incredible year, you kind of got to put him on the list. And basically Mike person was that guy First team conference, first team All American going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Mike, uh, good job. Yeah. Uh So he made the list here just for that one year alone. Then we have John Weidenauer, JP Flynn, and most recently, Mitch Brott. What a list. I guess it's my turn. Crap. All right. I'm going to go with Mike Person. I know he only had one year on here, but I think he was the most talented of the bunch, as obvious from his NFL career, staying power. Mike Person was just one of my favorite guys on the team from Glendive, Montana. Just a great role model, great person. Hell of a tackle, Mike Person. How about you, Ryan? I came into this thinking I was going to pick
1: Mike Person, but I'm not. I'm going to go with J.P. Flynn. He might not have the accolades that Mike did, but, um, you know, just nostalgia is coming over me, and that guy is just a bobcat. I mean, all these guys are <laughs> jeez, I mean, holy cow, I mean, did you even have John
0: Weidenauer on the list? Yeah, there he is, uh, holy cow, but um, who like started like forty seven straight games or something like that, only recently broken by mitch Brott.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um I mean there's probably there's so many stories we'll never know about these guys, but here's why I'm gonna pick j. p. Flynn. I was listening to a uh interview of his last year, and he was talking about. Choate's first year, and he was like, you know, we were like, what did we have, like, four wins, Choate's first year? We were pretty crappy. Yeah, something like that. You know, and we were on some sort of losing streak within the conference, and so JP's talking about this, and he's like, you know, him and Gunnar sitting in the um, locker room, and they're like, man, what do we need to do in order to keep this thing going? And so they had recognized that Choate was, you know, his vision was going to be bigger than just that season. So they went to Joe and said, what can we do for you? Essentially, what can we do as Bobcats? What can we do as senior leaders? And that kind of leadership just excites me and it always has. And when I see people rise up like that and sacrifice themselves for the greater cause, that just speaks a lot to me. And um, I just think that's just telling about a person and everything I've read about JP Flynn, everything I've seen, he's just that kind of dude. He's just. He's one for the team. He's a tough guy. I believe he's a Billings guy. I don't know. I just, I just like what he embodies in my mind.
2: JP's from Bettendorf, Iowa.
1: Totally wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I sure, lived in the quad cities. Sure from that's Iowa. Only, yeah, that's okay. the only reason
2: I remember that is because I lived in the quad cities, which is actually the same area.
1: What was I thinking of then? I don't know. All right. But yeah, I'm still gonna stick with JP Flynn. But uh, like I said, I had highlighted coming into tonight. I had Mike Person right there, an awesome Glendive story. I mean, couldn't be happier for him going to the Super Bowl this week. Ah, uh, wow! I mean, that's just awesome. But uh, I think I'm still gonna go with uh, JP.
0: All right, Shane, what do you got?
2: I, I mean, I, I loved that story. I loved. I love JP Flynn. Um. I think you have a great argument. Obviously, it's not hard to pick Mike Person. Great argument there, too. Uh, But I'm going to split the vote and go with Mitch Brott, who has been on teams that have made, like, three out of the five biggest rushing games of Montana State football history. Um, He's brought the team. I mean, I'm not going to say it was only Mitch Brott, but the offensive line, defensive line, we're a part of the best team since 1984, got us further than any team has gotten since 1984, and he has the most consecutive starts, which is one of the, one of the biggest um, accolades that a lineman can, can get. I mean, it's tough being a lineman, <laughs> that being your biggest accolade, but, um, but watching him absolutely manhandle Buck Buchanan winner this year in Cat Grizz and just what he, what he brought to the team. I gotta go, Mitch Brot.
0: All right. Well, our first split decision. So I guess the tie goes to Twitter, who also voted for Mike Person. So I guess Mike Person is going to be the winner of the RNR Catcast Offensive Lineman of the Decade. That's pretty impressive. All three, all four of these guys were All Americans. Mike Person was the only one I believe who was first team All American, but John Weidenauer was third team All American. I think he was first team conference. J. P. Tim. Uh, Flynn was first-team conference twice, third-team All-American in 2016, brought second-team All-American in 2019, first-team All-... I mean, it was just a list. It's just a list of dudes right there, and any one of those guys is a good choice. All of them are great Bobcats. Man, we're just we're just blessed to have <laughs> lineman after lineman <laughs> on yeah. this team. All right, well, keeping on the lineman train, let's move over to center. Hey, we got Sean Sampson, who played I don't even. I should have had the years on here, but he was early 2000s. He might have been bleeding over from the 2009, 2008, 2010, 2011 era. We had Joel Horn. I believe he's from Glacier, Montana, if I remember correctly. Alex Neal and Matt Devro as the guys that I could find who played center for the Bobcats in the 2010s. I have no idea whose turn it is. Shane, why don't you pick? Uh, I'm going to pick. uh, First of all, I'm going to say Twitter did pick Sean Sampson.
2: And I'm going to. I know I'm going to pick Alex Neal uh, for a similar reason to um, the reason I picked Mitch Brott, just a part of one of the best offensive lines that Bobcats have put together. Um, that was uh, instrumental in one of the best runs that they put together in a long time.
0: How about you, Ryan Foley? Who you got here?
1: I'm going to go with uh, the first team, Big Sky 2012, fourth team, All American 2012, Sean Sampson.
0: Whew, this was a tough list right here because I liked Alex Neal a lot. And I think it's hard to, I think Joel Horn was pretty underrated. I don't even think he was recruited as a center. I don't even think he played center for a while, but he ended up having to play center because I think he played after Sean Sampson graduated. We had no other dudes and he came in and filled in really well. It's a really good list, but I'm going to have to go with Sean Sampson because I, yeah, he's undersized, just stud from Montana boy. And I think he's the only All-American on the list. So I'm also going to have to go with Sean Sampson here. Where is he from? I want to say Helena. Yeah,
2: that's what comes to my mind too.
0: I did lots of research on this, but I didn't really write any of it down or capture any of it. So going on brain power here, which is never, never a good thing. (laughs) 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 Not late on a Monday night. Definitely not. After, after, uh, one beer and a Michelob Ultra mini beer, which is like a half a beer, oh, maybe on, even man. a quarter of a beer, depending on who you ask. It's like a pop. <laughs> sort of pop. <laughs> all right, let's keep moving here, fellas. We are we're not going fast, but that's all right. That's all right. That's where this is a fun conversation. I'm fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. Same this here.
0: was another. Oh man, this was a hard one to even narrow down to. This is probably the hardest one to narrow down to four out of the entire group. Defensive line. Interior, we'll get to the defensive ends here next. But I picked Zach Minter, Taylor Sheridan, Derek Marks, and Dan Ogden as my four to put out to the vote on Twitter. But I almost put Tucker Yates on there. I could have even put Zach Wright on there. That was a tough call to narrow down. Twitter voted for Zach Minter. I did as well. Zach Minter, one of my all time favorite Bobcats, he was the most disruptive defensive tackle. I think the Bobcats have probably ever had in my lifetime, at least as I can think of. He was so instrumental in those dominating defenses in the 2010 era, the D-Mac era, all those guys. We'll get to a lot of other guys on the list because you forget how good those defenses really were. And it all started up front with our stud defensive ends, Buck Buchanan award winners on that side, but also (laughs) Zach Minner in the middle. It was, it was so fun to go back through this because I forgot actually how good Taylor Sheridan was. He was second team all conference two years in a row. His honorable mention the year before that. He's probably the most, besides Zach Minter, the, with the most accolades on the list, But uh, except for maybe Dan Ogden. Again, Ogden, just like Mike Person, senior year 2010, but he was third team All American, the only All American I think on the list. Minter may have been. You might have to correct me on that. Ryan Foley, do you agree with Twitter and myself with Zach Minter, or do you got someone else?
1: Oh, yeah. I got to go with Zach. Has one of my all-time favorite plays as a Bobcat. Him intercepting <laughs> a pass on Eastern Washington. That same game when uh, Tywon Jones went out, the injury, but took it to the house. I was like, who's that guy? All of a sudden, he splashes on the scene. That guy was just gregarious, happy, violent, all at the same time. I love I'm pretty it. sure he could that do a just,
0: standing backflip. Uh,
1: He's one of my all-time dude. favorite yeah all one of my all time favorite guys right there. I could not pick against Zach Minter. love that all pick. right
0: Shane. Let's see if you got any recency bias here, or are you gonna go with Zach Minter?
2: Oh uh yeah, no recency bias at all. I'm going with Derek marks, but um no recency bias, and totally <laughs> on the up and up <laughs> no only because Zach Minter is i only because my vote is like Montana's vote in the presidential election it doesn't matter because everyone else swamps it anyway um it's uh, uh, uh that's not a political thing that's only because we only have uh two uh uh electoral votes it's generally <laughs> not decided by more than that. but uh uh so z- zach minner is is winning this regardless so i'm choosing Derek marks because he's not going to be my i think w- later we're going to talk about our favorite bobcat of all time but he's one of one of them and this year he has made for me has just made it so special just just watching cuz i for those of you who don't know i i have um uh filmed a lot of the highlights uh this year for the bobcats i i should i should rephrase that i filmed bobcat highlights for my channel cuz the guys that do the the official highlights they're really off the charts and i don't want to take a, take credit for their work but um his i don't somehow it's almost like he's doing it quietly but when you're when you're the one filming it you're like this guy's insane. Like the stuff that he's doing is crazy. He was, he was constantly like getting into the backfield with just barely, just barely enough time to, to get to the play and make the play. And he was always laid out, just perfectly horizontal stretched out to make the play. And he was, he was just always there to do it. And, And it's not like he was a huge guy. He wasn't like a wrecking ball or anything. He just, he played extremely well he cared a lot about the team and 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 about um you know helping the team to win however he could he he shifted around on the line that he he was at different spots on the defensive line but, but he had the ability and the willingness to do that and uh he was another one of those guys like Foley talked about some of these guys being just really special leaders just his quiet leadership his ability to Take the room and just, just take it to a a, a different place. Um, with with the way that he spoke and represented the team, um, I, I'm just gonna just take take the opportunity to just um, share all, all the reasons that I love Derek Marks.
0: First of all, your vote counts as just as much as ours does. All right, don't don't say it's a yourself <laughs> short. Unless I hate your vote, then I'll just throw it aside. It, it counts if I, if I like it. <laughs> no, that's a good that's a really good choice. And it was a hard choice for sure. But uh no, for ah, sure ah, Zach Minard. That was just a fun fun to watch him wreck shop in the middle. All right. Well, that was a good discussion on defensive line. Let's keep it on the defensive line to the end spots. The we've had a couple Buck Buchanan winners along this spot. This was a really <laughs> tight race on Twitter. Brad Daly Ooh, edged geez. out Caleb Schreiber. Just barely 47.6% to 42.9%. Our second closest Twitter vote. We actually have a tie. We'll get to later. But yeah, that was extremely close. The other two guys on here, no slouches either. Bryce Sturk and Tyrone no. What a good list of defensive ends. Caleb Strebeis and Ooh. Brad Daly each with the Buck Buchanan Award under their belts. Ryan Foley, who is your favorite? Do you agree to Twitter? Brad Daly? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Brad on this one. 2013 Buck Buchanan winner, 2013 Big Sky MVP. First team All-American 2013. First team Big Sky 2013. I mean, if you're looking at that versus uh, Caleb Strive, I said, if we're just comparing accolades, Caleb did not get The 2013 Big Sky or 2012 Big Sky MVP. I'm not exactly sure who did.
0: Probably JC Sharon or somebody. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Like 20
1: years. (laughs) I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, it's just like when you have two players on your team go back to back Buck Buchanan winners and they're different people. That's just remarkable in itself. Ah oh, man, it's just I'm I'm gonna have to go with Brad on this one.
0: All right, Shane, what do you got?
2: Yeah, I I mean, obviously it's hard, like exactly like you said, two back-to-back uh, buck winners. I mean, but I mean, you know, go to the next guy on the list and think honestly, like how far off is he from? That? He's right there. You know what I mean? This is an awesome list. Um, and and again, I I'm just glad that you guys kind of you know paid a little bit of homage to all of these guys because they're they're all that good um I'll, I'll say i'll be honest with you i can't be exactly um uh unbiased here i did work with Caleb um uh huh and, so, and yeah so <laughs> that as your biased voter um but I, I i i also you know i'll go back and watch some of those uh some of those game, like when I get ready for a Cat Grizz game, I'll go back and watch, you know, some highlights from old games. And man, if you watch some of the, some of the games, uh, there was one particular game. I don't remember which one it was. Shreveyes had like five sacks, some, some insane number of sacks. Um, And uh, I think it was a game we lost or some stupid thing. But, um, but the way that he played, if you, if you watch it, it's like, it's insane. Like it's, it's. You can't really describe it, like you just have to watch it. But, um, he was he, as much a wrecking ball as anyone I've ever seen. But, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I'll vote for Caleb with a hundred percent bias.
0: Dang it, it's up to me. I hate this. You got Brad Daly, <laughs> who is probably the best pass rusher, pure pass rusher I've ever seen, just pure speed. And, like you said, you got Caleb Streibeis, who had another one of those guys that have just the huge hands because I think he forced a ton of fumbles on top of I think he like led the country and forced fumbles on top of all the other accolades and the sacks he had because he was just a wrecking machine he was probably a better overall out all around uh from that buck spot oh man I'm gonna have to go I think I'm still gonna have to go with Brad Daly because when Brad Daly was really in his zone he was just pretty much unblockable you knew it was coming he could still get around you and just still get to the quarterback. And his just his journey is very interesting. How he took a year off, wasn't sure what he was going to do with his life. Went and worked, I think, in like the oil, the oil fields for a year. Is that right, Fully? Do you remember this? It <laughs> sounds right. I just
1: and one thing I remember about Brad was like his senior year, the, the guy was being held together with duct tape, pretty much. <laughs> and like between every play, he was just, I like. It just completely injured yet. He would just bring it every single play. I was, it was, it was uh, like, like how, like he was just ridiculous what that guy was doing. It was, I mean, if you look, sorry, Thorium, am cutting you off a little bit, but you'll let you get back. And he, he even compared just the daily family and the Shriveyes family, both huge Bobcat families. Holy smokes. I mean, this, what a, what a, What a category. Holy cow. Keep
0: going. Well, honestly, I didn't have much else to say, so I'm glad you kind of swept in and (laughs) finished it up because I was like, "Ah, you guys both said it best about two guys, and I agree 100%, and it was just really hard for me to decide on who was the winner there, but I think ultimately Brad Daly uh, just narrowly edges out Caleb Schreiber for me. I would take both of them in a heartbeat on the team right now.
1: (laughs) I'd take any of those guys. Bryce Stirk, Tyrone. Bon no, golly, that's such a good bon guy. no, is such wow. an
0: underrated guy. Like, he was basically like the only guy holding down the edge for those you know, in that early Ash years. And he just was around the program forever. One of those glue guys. Just he was a big boy, too. He was a good player.
1: It hey, refresh my memory. If Caleb Streibeist was our, what was Brad Daly doing in 2012? Was he? It might have been <laughs> when he was
0: working in the oil field. I, I don't remember the time frame so of all he comes,
1: this. He comes in and just does like one year of wrecking ball. I mean, Dude, I just remember honestly. I don't remember a lot about him. I remember him being injured, and I remember Stony Brook just him having like a huge play in that game, like being able to get to the quarterback, and uh, you know, you know, being an instrument on that win. So,
2: yeah, I, I have a tough time remembering because I get him because because when we were in school, it was Bobby Daly, you know, and so and that and so I get a, all it all gets messed up in my brain.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let's move. Keep moving here, staying on the defensive side of the ball, which we're going to pretty much do for the rest of the time, except for when we get to like an all-purpose category later, linebacker. Oh man, this was a difficult decision for me in terms of that fourth spot. The first three, pretty obvious. We got Jody Owens, we got Mac Bignell, Alex Singleton, but I was trying to figure out who that fourth spot was. I ended up putting Nah Na in there, but I could have put Josh Hill or Cole Moore as uh, two guys. I really had in there, but Maciola was a team captain. I just kind of felt like I owed it to him for the, what he did for the Bobcats. And I didn't have any other reason to pick him in any one of those guys over each other. So I put Nah in the fourth spot, but didn't think it would really affect the front race anyway, because Jody Owens, Mac McNeil and Alex Singleton are going to be probably the guys getting the votes here. And it turned out this was the tie I referenced earlier. Mac Bignell and Alex Singleton on Twitter tied exactly 34% each. Jody Owens, not far behind at 27.7%. So that was an extremely tight race. So we got a tie on Twitter. Shane, who do you have?
2: I, I, I feel bad voting against any of these guys because they're all so awesome. And I do want to say, like, again, I'm glad that you, that you, honored them or, you know, uh, paid homage to them by, by adding them all to the list. But Josh Hill, like he's, he's really a remarkable player, especially for his size and like what he's had a battle through, like what he's put on the field for the team. I, I'm glad that he got some, um, all conference accolades because I, I kind of feel like the fan base kind of under, underappreciates him a little bit. Um, that being said, I'm not saying I'm picking him. I, I, I Jody Owens, um, just because I think that he, he, for me is the top. And I think I love Mac Pignell. and I do think Alex Singleton is, is a, a close one in there to Jody. And I, I totally see a, an argument for him, but, um, but I just, I just think, I think Alex and Jody, the way that they, the way that they kind of disregarded um, blockers the way that they kind of just kind of floated through the block to the play. And they were just always in it was, was really remarkable. And I just give the slide edge to Jody.
0: All right. I'm pretty sure I know Ryan's answer, but Ryan, who you got over here?
1: Jody Owens all day long, man. Who of my favorite players? If not in top, I mean, he's in my Mount Rushmore for Montana state. I mean, What a player. Holy cow. I I love Jody Jody Owens. Big Sky MVP 2012, three-year Big Sky champion, All-American 2011-2012, first team, All-Big Sky 2011-2012. I mean, when's the last time we've had a guy with that kind of fluidity and athleticism and just straight-up baller skills at linebacker? I mean, Mac Bicknell, Alex singleton no disrespect to those guys. Those guys were all-time greats as well. But Jody Owens was just a step ahead, in my opinion. I love Jody Owens. He should be honored as the top linebacker um, in this poll. People got it wrong specifically on this. Um, like, I don't know how you not go with Jody, Jody Owens on on this one.
0: I mean, I have to agree, Jody Owens, and I, don't, I didn't even think it was going to be a contest in my head, which is impressive. Like, Mac Bignell and Alex Singleton are amazing linebackers. And Alex Singleton, certainly on the list, is probably the guy that you look at him and is like, that guy's a linebacker. He's the, he's got the it factor. He just looks the part more than anybody on this list. Jody Owens, I believe, wore those like small, like shoulder pads. So he looked even smaller than he was. But he, I think he ended up playing about 220, 225. So a decent size, at least, especially back, back in that era. It seemed to be, it was smaller on the Ash teams, but he was a good sized linebacker. But he was the guy just making plays, blowing through the line and just, laying out guys behind the line of scrimmage. He made the the most amount of stuffs and yards behind, like tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And I just loved watching him play. So it just meant so much to that team and the Bobcat team, just the heart of the defense on those, just the revitalization of the program under Rob Ash. I'm going to have to go with Jody Owens here as well. And that's absolutely no disrespect to Mac Bignell or Alex Singleton. (laughs) Holy cow, what a... What a list of linebackers right there, but, uh, Jeez. yeah, no Cody Owens, yeah, he's he's one of my favorite Bobcats as well of all time. All right, let's move on. That was fun. Let's keep going here. Let's go to the cornerback spot. Another spot that was kind of hard to populate the Twitter poll, but I'm pretty sure I knew who's going to win. And it turned out to be true. We had Deontay flowers, Darius Jones. And this is where things got a little trickier. I put Bryson Keaton in there and I, Tyrell Thomas had actually a pretty solid year last year. So I bumped him into the four spot, but I very well could have put Sean Gorge in there. I could have put Damien Washington just for the career he's had. And even another Bo Sandlin type situation. We had John Walker come in for one year and really make a splash in 2016. I thought he was an outstanding corner, which would have had him for more than one year, but he was a grad transfer played only one year. I guess I'll take this one. I voted for Deontay flowers as did Twitter. He was just, in a time where it seemed like we couldn't buy an interception, Deontay flowers was the only guy I thought who could really make a play on the ball. could make a break on the ball. He, I think he had that big like pick six or that big interception in the Eastern Washington game. I think they were coming off the national championship season. We beat him over in the inferno, but I think we may have been the first team to do that. Deontay flowers is a big part of that. So he's a big part of those, the success of those early 2000 teams. So Deontay flowers has my vote as the best cornerback for the Bobcats in this decade, Shane, do you agree with that?
2: Uh, do you agree with my is, top four? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because I it would be interesting to see if Munchie was healthy this year. You know what what he would have done. Um, but this is, honestly, cornerback is a hard one for me. It's a little bit my foggier, memories uh i i remember flowers making some big plays um and I, and i imagine that he that uh foley's going to vote for flowers too um but i i think i'll i think i'll go for Tyrell Thomas um ooh he he he's a part of a, a, an extremely good defense you know and he's an important part of that defense and he um He has, I think it was a true freshman year. He iced the Cat Grizz game with a a PBU. Sure was.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: that was, I mean, it was just like, it was, was that the first, it's like the first time that the home team had won in like a billion years or something. And it was, uh, I think that, was that the start of this current run?
0: It was, yeah. He had that big pass breakup, oh, and then he just like got up and just like that was our second win. Ran like a hundred yards in the end zone, and just like sprinting full speed <laughs> yeah,
2: afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that was so awesome. Yeah. And and I had the the honor and the opportunity to interview him at the beginning of the season and prior to the beginning of the season. And he was just such a humble um young man and and so like I don't know. I, I I, I was just really struck by how um, how how humble he was, and how just kind of because um, at that time I don't know if you guys remember. At that time, he'd worked out of the starting rotation, so I don't know <laughs> what happened. I think it had to do with his grades or something. But he was he was not working with the ones and twos at that point. And I'm sitting here like, what what is going on? But he was just he was just. Um, i i don't know just a very well composed uh a very um just kind of a respectful humble guy and and uh i mean that doesn't make you a great cornerback but i think he's also shown they've put him up against some really some really tough receivers and he's he's performed very well against them
0: yeah when tyrell thomas like he competes man he's he's given up so much height and every time a guy catches the ball over the top of him it's not because he's uh, out of position he just doesn't have the height he's right there scrapping and fighting like you can't blame him for that i love it i love the way he competes
2: yeah yeah or, or like in uh cat grizz uh uh 2018 he, the, he's he's there for the for the interception but it's going out of bounds so he tosses it back in bounds to try to get someone else to get I forgot about that
0: that was just, a funny play
2: yeah just like mm-hmm. fighting fighting through is just scrapping just like that like the play's never over he's just always going to fight and yeah, I just I, I just love that kid.
0: All right, Ryan, who do you have on the list? 30, I'm gonna go with
1: uh, Flowers, just like you. Um, you said the best, and just a, a just quick note on Flowers, um, and two other guys uh that we talked about Caleb Tribeis, Deontay Flowers, and Derek Marks, all strong men of the faith. Um, probably will all be pastors, at, and if they're not already, and it's um well, Derek's not, but uh I think Caleb and Deontay are, I just think that's pretty cool to see those guys leading um, with their faith and just being strong leaders within the team.
0: Before we move out of cornerback, and that's that's a good thought there, and that uh, solidifies Deontay Flowers as the best cornerback. But before we leave, I want to give a quick shout-out to Arnold Briggs. You remember Arnold Briggs there, fully? Barely. Yeah, he had one last year in 2010. He played like 2007, 2010. I like a, took a medical registered year, I think, in 2009 or something, but came back was part of that two thousand team two thousand ten team and was a really good solid cornerback for us. so I just want to give Briggs a little shout out here if he's if you're listening to Arnold I got <laughs> I'm sure all these <laughs> random ex players totally listen to this podcast all right, moving further back on the defense to the safety spot, another tough list to populate. I really had a hard time picking thought for on this one. I had Joel Fuller, what I think was an easy pick. Braden Conkle, obviously an easy pick. Then it got a little foggier. I ended up picking Jacque, Allen, Bryson McCabe. I very well could have put Stephen Bethley on my list. And I even thought about putting Rob Marshall on there, who actually had a pretty good season in 2014, third-team all-conference. Ultimately, Joel Fuller, Braden Conkle, Jacque Allen, Bryson McCabe. I put out on the Twitter vote, Braden Conkle won that, I believe. Fairly handily. How about you, Foley? Who do you have as the best safety of the decade?
1: Oh, Mr. Cat Grizz, Brain himself, Money Money. And I think uh I think that's it right there. Just his swag, his leadership, his confidence. I mean, that guy I, I mean he's got some some swag. I mean I I'm do not want to say with the word I really think of in my brain, but I mean <laughs> to come out and just say <laughs> what he did after the Cat Grizz this year. When did you know we were going to beat the Grizz? Last
0: Saturday. (laughs) One of the best quotes by a Bobcat uh, for the Cat Grizz quote I can remember.
1: Oh, you know, that Saturday after we beat UC Davis, like an hour after UC Davis, on my Twitter feed, comes on, there's Braden Conkle. I think he tweets out like, money, money. And and that was it. (laughs) I mean... That guy lives for Cat Grizz. And I think his dedication towards that game alone and just dominance in that game, he never lost to them. It was just it was, that guy just he just elevated people around him. I just are really and not only that, but just a little bit on Braden's, just his ability to play this hybrid nickel spot that we had him, like this big nickel that he was playing this year, just be able to um you know crash in the box and as well as drop back into coverage. And just be so smart, and just direct people around him. And the way Jacque and him communicated was something so special that I saw this year. But he was the glue guy, the guy out of Belgrade. Him and Derek Marks came out that same class, two leaders. Yeah, I'm gonna really miss him next year. Shane, do you agree?
2: I uh, yeah, I'll just yeah, I I do. Uh, I I wanted to vote for Bryce McCabe. I want to give him a little bit of a shout out here. If I'm sure you guys remember, whenever people would talk about Chad Newell, it was always the same phrase. They they would always say he's a load. Chad Newell, he's a load. Like every every single person who talked about him would talk about how he just he was a load. <laughs> and what they would always say about Bryce McCabe is that he brought the wood. Like he, mm-hmm. when he would hit people, it was it made me hurt in my living room. <laughs> like like he would just hammer guys. And the thing is, I, Braden Conkle does the same thing. So I can't, I, I can't, you know, I can't give him the edge for that. But I just I remember thinking, like, who is going to replace Bryson McCabe? That guy is just I, I don't know how you replace him. And then Braden Conkle comes along and shows you. And I, I also want to mention his other quote from that that press conference after Cat Grizz. Um, someone asked him, uh, were you surprised that it was such a lopsided victory? And his answer was, we seen the tape. Like, we we knew how it was going to go. I was just like, (laughs) the confidence was just remarkable. But uh, that was one of my favorite uh, (laughs) press conferences to attend.
0: I mean, Mr. Cat Grizz, I think Braden has to win this on that game alone. He could pretty much be nothing for the rest of the season. But the way he performs in the Cat Grizz game and what it means to him and just how he talks about it, how he carries himself during the game, he can be remembered in Bobcat legend just for his catfish exploits alone so my pick here is Braden conkle as well i do want to give a shout out as well bryce mccabe i put him on here steven bethley was a tough choice because bethley i thought was a solid solid underrated safety for us during the the early years there but bryce mccabe man he he was a hard hitter he was a great run support safety not as as solid in pass coverage not an all-around safety but man he could hit people and i like that about him too so Mm -hmm. i'm glad that you brought that up but yeah, my vote here has to agree with Twitter. Unanimous selection here. Braden Conkle, Mr. Cacras. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the not quite as flashy positions here. Punter. we so, <laughs> This is a pretty amazing stat. The Bobcats have only had three starting punters in the 2010s.
1: That's a good yeah, stat. That's crazy. That's crazy, <laughs> right? Like
0: Jared Padmas, four year starter. I think Rory Perez was a four year starter. And then Trevor Bolton held down the other two years <laughs> that, there, that there wasn't a. <laughs> The guy starting there. So uh, let's see. Twitter put Jared Padmos in there. Shane Driscoll, do you agree? It,
2: so Rory Perez was was really special, not only because he was a great punter, but he's also a, a place kicker and and deserves a lot of credit for being able to do both of those things and to do them well. Um, but as a, as a punter, Jared Padmos... I, I hope that we all have appreciated him while he's been here because he's just been really, really special.
0: I was out there advocating for him on uh, some sort of All-America or like the best FCS punter in the country list came out by some random publication and Jared Padmos wasn't on there. So I started like this little on the r Catcast Twitter campaign, like, why isn't Jared Padmos on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Jared Padmos, I think that's a tough list. Like, that's a good list. Roy Perez probably the best like normal punter. <laughs> like he could actually put some huge hang time on his punts, like a traditional punter. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate what mm-hmm. he did. And Bolton kind of came along with that, the rollout punt thing that we had seen a lot of the time in the 2000s with the Travis Lule and all the, I can't remember there are guys that punted back then and it's going to drive me crazy, but the the guys who punted back then, but I think Padmos the best at pinning guys inside the 10 yard line, I think I've ever seen. I have to vote for Padmos here. What do you think, Ryan?
1: Well, I'm going to totally agree with that. Uh, he's fourth on the list as far as punting average, and w- in an interesting kind of side note, you know who has a—he's only eighth on the list for longest punts with 76 yards. You know who has a longer punt than Jared Padman? Travis Lulay. Number two on the list, Travis <laughs> eighty-one yard, eighty-one yard punt in two thousand. That's probably in Northern Arizona on the astroturf. Um, it says versus ASC, so Arizona something. Adam I might State, be wrong on Probably, me. we used
0: to play Adam all, right, State I all used... the time.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I, I when I saw that set, I was like, "Oh boy, that's that's a fun one." <laughs> I got to bring that up. Um. <laughs> I think Jared Padmos was one of the main reasons we won Cat Grizz last year. Or not last year, the year before, if I'm saying that right. Uh, but yeah, that guy, just like you said, he was just so clutch in being able to pin um, pin people back and, and just switch the field. And that's the main thing I'll remember about Jared Padmos. No, he
0: pretty much single-handedly kept us in the Cat Grizz game last year. In two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. When yeah, we were that's the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, when we were just like couldn't get anything going, he kept pinning the grizz inside the five and tied the ten. That was a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. I also feel like we totally missed an opportunity to ask Travis Luley if he ever got the opportunity to punt in the CFL. We should have totally Ooh. asked him that. I wish we would have thought about that. That's really would have been a fun thing to ask him because I, I seriously doubt he did. <laughs> Let's see <laughs> if uh, Travis will come back
1: on again this this coming season. Let's do that before. Let's let's have like a kickoff this season and see if he'll Sounds come. Sounds good. Yeah, maybe we can get a recurrent
0: thing with Travis Lou. That'd be awesome. Yeah, he told us he would. So let's stick him up on it. All right. Well, Jaron Padmus, unanimous here as well. Let's move to the other kicking spot, where Rory Perez, like Shane said, makes an appearance here too. Rory Perez was a place kicker and punter for the Bobcats. I think I want to say. I don't think it was all four years he did both duties, but he was definitely a place kicker for at least two, possibly three. Um, mm-hmm. We have Jason Cunningham, Jason Sunshine Cunningham. For those who remember, that was his nickname, <laughs> I believe, because he looked like <laughs> Sunshine from the, uh, what's that? What is the movie? Someone help remember me. Remember the yeah, Titans. thank you. Remember, remember the we t- go. <laughs> I want to say the replacements, but that's like, that. no, that's that movie with the, <laughs> the Keanu Reeves. That's not even close to the same football movie, though so it is football. Moving on, Luke Daly and Tristan Bailey round out the list of kickers. Shane Driscoll, who was your favorite kicker? I don't know if I started with you last time, but you're doing this one also.
2: Yeah, um I uh I, I again it, it's it's hard. You you want to give Rory Perez some credit because I mean he, he there was a cat grizz that he like basically won. I think we scored like nine points or, or twelve points in in field goals and and like one touchdown or something and, and they won the football game but um but i mean it's it's hard to disagree with jason cunningham so i i, I will give my vo- vote to jason cunningham. i
0: want to say jason cunningham is the all-time scoring leader in msu history uh do you got that fully you, you seem to be on the ball Yeah, i'm stage. looking
1: at it right now 357 points second to our second place was cody kirk with 292 points
0: that's crazy like everyone, every program ever is like the top five is kickers. The fact that Cody Kirk is yeah. second on there is amazing.
2: Yeah, that's insane.
0: All right. Well, I, I assume that you were also going to pick uh, yeah. Jason
2: Cunningham there, fully.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cunningham. That's the easy pick for me. Uh, one of the most consistent guys who could bang it from 45 to 50, pretty on, on pr- consistent basis. So um, sunshine all the way. If
0: I'm looking back at bobcats that i'm surprised never had an nfl career like jason cunningham is at the top list i don't know how he didn't really get a chance in the nfl i don't know if he just didn't want to but he had the leg he had the accuracy to get you think some tryouts like i'm just surprised he never stuck around in the nfl
2: yeah i, think I he wanted to because yeah. there
0: was that eastern washington game it might have been the same game we were talking about with deontay flowers but he kicked two field goals to 50 plus in one game it might've been actually been two of 55 plus. It was insane. Like he had a huge leg. He was Mm -hmm. accurate. Uh, I don't don't know how he just didn't get a shot in the NFL, but yeah, I love Jason Cunningham. That guy was the best kicker I've seen in the Bobcat of all time in my life. (laughs) We went through a series of really bad kicking in the two (laughs) thousands. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) It was bad. Yeah. All right. Well, All purpose, this was mainly, I put this on here for like kick returns, punt returns, but a lot of these guys also were on the field for other positions, so you can kind of take that into account, but I think it should be weighted towards the all-purpose nature of it. This one got me passionate about the guy who didn't win, and I don't think he should have won, but I'm pretty surprised that Everett Gilbert pretty much got no love on Twitter, which was really shocking to me, considering the guy is like, top five categories and multiple categories in, on the Bobcat history. I'll get into that a little bit here, but uh, Everett Gilbert, Logan Jones, Gunnar Brecky and Sean Johnson round out the all purpose list. Let's start over with Ryan Foley. Twitter voted Sean Johnson. What do you got <laughs> <laughs> your favorite Bobcat of all time? Sean Johnson.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to put that one in my court right there. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Sean Johnson, your boy thorny uh and if nothing else he was the most probably electric guy i can remember he could take it to the house i don't think Everett gilbert ever did take it to the house i didn't think that was a conversation you and i had i did love me some Everett Everett gilbert um but you know uh sean johnson really benefited from a a offense and an offensive coordinator that really um you know maximized his his skills in just his sheer speed, uh, it was just like one of those, he was kind of like one of those players, like when he got the ball, you just had to watch. It's kind of like Troy Anderson in the open field. You're like, you're like okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, as soon as Sean Johnson was on a wheel route um, or on a pitch or if he caught it in a punt or a kickoff, it was just like, it was electricity instantaneously. And so uh, Sean Johnson's going to get my vote all
0: day on that. How about you, Shane? Do you agree with Sean Johnson?
2: So I, I wanna for people listening at home that are like <laughs> we've gone through a lot of players, we're getting toward the end, and there's some big guys missing. <laughs> Just understand that there's another category that's not all purpose. <laughs> it's kind of similar to that. And you we're not we're not missing who you think we're missing. So <laughs> um <laughs> uh so, yeah, I wanted to say Everett Gilbert was another one of those guys that, that stands out in my memory um, as a really special player. Um, <laughs> all of these guys deserve the accolade. Um, they deserve to be mentioned. Gunnar Brecky, Logan Jones. They, they're really what, – what they put out on the field was really special. Um, that being said, Sean Johnson was a, a different breed. And it was that electricity that every time you just never knew what was going to happen, and you just wish that he would get the ball more times. And every game, it was just ah, I wish he'd get it a few more times because you just it was so exciting to watch. Uh, so Sean Johnson gets my vote.
0: Absolutely, Sean Johnson. He was oh, just so fast, and he was so <laughs> cocky about it too. he, <laughs> he would blow by people. And by the time he got to the five-yard line, he would just, like, walk. He would just stop and walk. Do you remember that? He would do that all the time. He'd just, like, stop and just kind of, like, <laughs> oh just, like, trot in the end. Zone like, eh, I did it again, everyone. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was so fast. He would just pull away from everyone, like, at such a pace. It was incredible to watch Ben, not just kick returns, because he is number two all-time in a kick return yards, behind Everett Gilbert, but... Uh, Everett Gilbert didn't really ever get a chance to field punts, and that's really another thing where Sean Johnson shined was just not only kick returns, but punt returns, and he was also a pretty good tailback as a, like, a number two kind of tailback guy. He could catch the ball. I mean, if you want a guy who can do everything for you offensively, carry the ball between the tackles a little bit, catch the ball in the backfield, make something happen in the return game, Sean Johnson was your guy. But the fact that Everett Gilbert, who is the number one all-time kick return leader in history, two above Sean Johnson. He is, Everett Gilbert has a higher career average for kick returns per, he had 23.4 yards per return, which is higher than Sean Johnson. Everett Gilbert was actually, I don't, uh, I lost it in front of me, but I think he's like top three or five in receptions in MSU history. So I think people kind of forget how important he was to the passing game early on in his career. He just he's one of those guys that kind of just like started off hot and kind of, I think he got in a, just guys kind of passed him on the depth chart, but he was important in the kicking game his entire career. But Everett Gilbert should be number two on this list. And I love Gunnar Brecky, I love Logan Jones, but Gilbert was just one of those guys who had just had an incredible career as evidenced by his place in the record books. But ultimately, yeah, you're picking a guy to win it. Sean Johnson is a pretty easy choice here. The most electric Bobcat I have ever seen.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up some of those specifics about Everett Gilbert because that just helps to jog the memory about um what an important player he he's been to the or that he was the Bobcat history. He's one of
0: those rare players that just plays and you know, like, oh, he's good. And then all of a sudden when he's done playing, like, this guy's like top five. How did that happen? Like, he didn't do that good, did he? Yeah. Like, it's just one of those quietly amazing careers. I think that's kind of why he didn't get a lot of votes, is just you don't really remember how how important he was and how good he was for a long time all four years of his career
2: do, do you guys remember logan jones returning a a a kickoff to like from like the one yard line
0: i think he had like a hundred yard oh, touchdown against like no, portland state might i think been, it was
2: it was portland state it was in a game that we never stopped them in yeah that we scored every time but like once and we lost, we lost like two touchdowns <laughs> yeah it was insane but that but it was a like, like full field run, I, that was one of, the, and he was like a f- true freshman at the time. He I was, think.
0: yeah. That's, I mean, that's why he's on this list. He was electric. Was that Ash? Was that, yeah, Ash? that yeah. Was Ash?
2: Yep. Yeah. It, it was. Uh. Uh. What's his name that couldn't be stopped on uh, a quarterback? Um. Prokop. Prokop. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. I think that's kind of like uh, on kind of a side note. I think that's why like Alex Singleton will never really be remembered in such like high regard, it's just because he just played on such shitty defenses. So, yeah you know, just kind of a little side talk there. So. Yeah,
0: no, I've had this theory, like, you could be the greatest player, but if you play on, like, a not memorable team, then no one remembers you. And yeah. I put it to the test, like, uh, who led the Bobcats in scoring in basketball, like, back-to-back years in, like, 2006, and no one, like, nobody knew it. It was, like, Jerron Jefferson. Just one of those, like, things that happens. Like, yeah, he was good, but we were terrible, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. All right. Well, like Shane said, we do have one last category here. Last one. If you made it this far, congratulations. If you haven't tuned out by now, (laughs) we have athlete. This basically should be called the Troy Anderson Award, but I did find some other guys who I thought actually deserve some recognition on here. I kind of thought, what kind of constitutes the athlete category? I thought you had to excel either in one season or over your career at at least one position and not just like left guard over to right guard. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a change. And don't get me wrong about that, but I need like a whole separate position change. So Troy Anderson, obviously quarterback, running back, linebacker, pretty good, right? At all the spots. We had Travis Johnson, pretty good at the wildcat (laughs) spot, but also a very good wide receiver. Braden Conkle. I put on the list because he had a year where he pretty much exclusively played linebacker. They had to move him down there because the depth and then, Stephen Foster, if anyone remembers <laughs> what happened in 2011 and 2012, he was all-conference tight end in 2011. 2012, our basically our entire offensive line got injured, and Stephen Foster was forced to play tackle at like 270 uh, <laughs> in 2012. And all he did was be all-conference, and we still had a really good year in 2012. So Stephen Foster did definitely deserve a mention on this list. Troy Anderson won the award on Twitter by like 98%. Not surprising. I'm going to have to go with Troy Anderson here because, well, there's just nothing like it in MSU history. If if not college football, at least in FCS history, I got to go with Troy Anderson here. The centaur, uh, my favorite nickname that <laughs> uh, Gus Tutell calls him. Ryan Foley, uh, <laughs> do you agree, Troy Anderson? Or are you going to go with Travis Johnson, your favorite guy in the world?
1: secretariat golden boy <laughs> what else can we call him hercules
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i think that should be a work upon for next season is just how many different kind of nicknames we can catalog for trey anderson
0: <laughs> so i assume that's a Troy anderson vote trey anderson yeah, yeah Troy Anderson. <laughs> all right well shane who do you got
2: well, let's see. Just kidding. I'm not uh, debating over here, but I I do want to because I I think a big or at least from my perspective a, a big um benefit of doing this is just taking the time to recognize these guys even if they don't win the award or or whatever. Um, we've talked about Braden Conkle a, a lot, um, and uh, Travis Johnson is a guy who had a really tough road. Like he he was a top recruit out of high school. I mean, he probably expected to play at, you know, one of the best schools in the country went to play for one of the best schools in the country and it didn't work out for him. And, and then he just had a, a a tough road from there. And he, he comes to Montana state and, and of course you're going to be the quarterback here. You are one of the top, you know, few quarterbacks, um, uh, uh, out of, out of high school. Of course, you're gonna play here. Well, first he gets a little bit injured, and then you know, just things just never kind of go his way. But he always had a good attitude, and he always fought hard and played hard to help the team win. And and sometimes that meant blocking thirty yards downfield. And when you saw him blocking guys and taking them thirty yards downfield, and it was he was really a true team player, despite the fact that he's one of the best three or four athletes in the conference um a guy that was willing to just do whatever it took and that's the kind of guy that makes this bobcat team the 2019 bobcat football team the consummate team like like coach cho talks about is when you have guys that could be superstars but they're willing to work like a like a uh role a role guy um So I I just think he deserves a lot of credit for that, and and I'm glad that you put him on this list. Um, And then the other thing I just want to say is uh, uh, Troy Anderson deserves a few words, at least, (laughs) being the guy who is probably going to be the best Bobcat maybe of all time Um, by the time his career is done, the things that he'll do. I'm a little offended that you didn't mention that he also was a punter and played defensive end for at least one play. So there's that. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but no but seriously he he um his humility combined with his dominant athletic ability um and his his ability to pick things up quickly and and to understand the game um is just unparalleled and 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 we're not going to see another guy like him in a real long time so um he he's very deserving of this award and i and i think i think it's probably obvious that we we needed to find a place for him to to get the award just just like they've had to try to do in some of the all conference teams and stuff so uh Troy Anderson obviously um deserves a lot of credit for all the success that the team has had and, and and clearly it's more than just that because this year they had to struggle without him for a long time but um but even even with him on the sideline i think that his um being the best guy on the team and also having humility and and the work ethic that he has uh, I think that that really is a type of leadership that um kind of transcends people's different personalities.
0: It's almost criminal to have Troy Anderson only be on this list out of all the other lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just with the 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 <laughs> accolades in the circus that's been surrounding his whole career. But it's very well said. I'm glad that you kind of talked a little bit about Travis Johnson. You were you were talking about him, and I remembered one specific play because I just watched a highlight of Kevin Cassis. I don't know if it was the Albany game or the Austin Peay game where he took like a swing pass, from like the ten yard line, and like went down, and like got uh, clipped right around the goal line, and kind of did like a sideways fall in the end zone, barely got in bounds. I want to say it's Albany, but if you watch the replay on that, Travis Johnson blocks a dude like all the way into those like advertisement things, you know, like the the sandwich stand looking things. Yeah, <laughs> Just blocks a dude. That's awesome. Like threw like the lineman all the way out of bounds. Like he, he was, he was a dominant player. Like he, he could have been like you would like him to catch more balls than he did. Like he had a few drops, but he was like just the most athletic, just natural, fluid-looking athlete I have ever seen in Bozeman. Just like he just made it look effortless. He could just outrun. Every, oh, he was just an amazing athlete. But when you're looking at accomplishments on the field, you know Trey Anderson is the winner here just from his legendary exploits, which hopefully get back on track for his already a senior year next year. How, how did that happen? All right, gentlemen. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on here, Shane. But let's, before we get you out of here, I want to know who was your, just your favorite Bobcat of the decade. Doesn't have to be anything related to how good he was stats, anything like that. Shane, you're the guest. You get to pick first. Who is your favorite fan choice? Shane Driscoll Bobcat,
2: yeah, it's Chad Newell, it's an easy pick um he's uh he just always played a way that made me proud as a bobcat fan, um and that you know win loser draw he was out there um and and never let up, never pulled his punches, and always gave hundred percent and and just he just played with the pride that I think we all have in the bobcat um team in in montana state university and in the football team and and uh and so for me that's an easy pick and it's chad newell
0: great choice great choice ryan Foley, who are you picking
1: well, i'm sitting here going between my head it's um hmm. i'm gonna have to go ah oh, still undecided do you want me, you want it, me to go while you be, think
0: a little bit longer yeah go for it so I have some I have some tough choices here, too. I was thinking in my head, yes, yeah, it's going to be Jody Owens. I love the way he played. But ultimately, I have to actually go with kind of probably an unpopular, popular pick. I'm going to go with Troy Anderson just because it's just, it's ridiculous to watch him play. It's, it's so fun. Every time he comes on the field, you're just like, what is Troy going to do? You just sit there and just like, your eyes are fixated on him. Doesn't matter if he's on offense or defense. You're just watching what Troy is going to do the year where he just had 1600 rushing yards and 23 touchdowns or whatever it was, was just one of the weirdest, coolest college football stories I've ever seen. I just have to go with Troy Anderson just because he's a, on top of all that, he's just a humble down to earth Montana kid who does like this, just kind of coming into his own and just realizing, well, I'm a good football player, huh? It's like, it's just like this, <laughs> just the, the leave it to beaver type kind of kid it seems. And I just love everything about him and the way he plays the game and just this toughness, old-school Jim Thorpe thing going on. So I'm going to have to pick Troy Anderson.
2: I'm glad that you picked him because I think someone needs to pick him <laughs> because, uh, like I said, he's going to be the best Bobcat football player, at least in our lifetime. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad. That yeah, you- I
0: feel like it's uh, like a it's an obvious <laughs> pick. I'm not going to pick
2: it because it's Ooh. so obvious, but I'm like, I, I have to.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan, did you so, figure it out? <clears throat> yeah, I think I do.
1: Um, As much as I love Jody Owens, I'm going to go with Daenerys McGee. For the simple fact that I don't think I had more faith in any player that we listed on this list than Daenerys McGee. And that includes Troy Anderson. From the get-go, Daenerys just showed an ooze leadership. I mean, he had that moxie, that that intangible it factor that made him so special for 4 years and we were just so blessed i mean we were so blessed with Travis Luley and then we had that you know a couple years in between and then Denarius McGee came again and we felt like everything was okay and we and we rose to heights that we hadn't seen before Denarius McGee was such a pivotal person in the arc of just Montana state and what he's meant to the bobcats even after his playing career has been so important, and I just think he's such a good representative of our university and just one hell of a player. I, I just got
0: to go with Daenerys right Ooh, there. That is a good pick. That is a great pick.
2: Such a good pick. Yeah. I, I'm glad that, that neither Troy Anderson nor Daenerys McGee <laughs> didn't get picked. <laughs> I would have felt bad not picking them if neither of them got picked. So I'm glad that you guys picked those guys.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to spring a question on here because I just thought of it. Who out of all the Bobcats in the last decade would you pick to win a bar fight? (laughs) (laughs) Who's the toughest son of a gun you don't want to meet in the dark alley?
2: Well, did you see that picture of Mike Person with the blood on his face?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also saw the picture of him like clean-shaven, baby-faced in 2010, (laughs) too. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to go Dan Ogden. I think that's a good. Uh, my mind was actually kind of drawn to Dan Ogden, and I think he's a really like fun-loving guy. But actually, I think I might have to pick. I think Clay Bignell would be up there too. I think he was a big, scary, intimidating dude. I wouldn't want to mess with him either.
2: <laughs> that's for sure.
0: Anyone coming so to your mind? There, change the would be up there too.
2: Yeah. Oh no, I'm going with Mike Person. The dude's right, literally playing. My, yo, Super yeah, Bowl. fair enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's a good trio of, of uh, guys to take with you to the bar. No one's going to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Shane. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, give you a chance here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on on YouTube?
2: Yeah, and, and thanks for having me on, guys. I, I really appreciate it. I always enjoy listening to your stuff. And Likewise. Uh, um, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I, Obviously, everyone listening to the thing and, and knows the quality of the stuff that you guys put together. But... uh but yeah, I, I, it's it's an honor for you guys to ask me to come on every time that you do. I I really appreciate it. And and this was a really special episode actually um, to to kind of reminisce over the best guys that that played for the Blue and Gold over the past ten years. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Bobcat Outsider, that's my channel where I cover uh, Montana State football. Um, I do it like these guys from a fan perspective. Um, I do like videos that are about fifteen minutes long um and i'll i uh i'll i'll share some highlights if i if i generally i cover the home games um and so i'll i'll you know i'll share highlights and and just kind of my perspective on scouting report what i think that uh the bobcats are gonna look at, at the next week and and just kind of some things that stood out to me in the in the week um and uh it was it was uh r and r cat cast that kind of springboard springboarded me into that uh these guys asked me to kind of go down to the um uh fall camp and just kind of report on what I saw. <laughs> and so uh, just things kind of went from there. So I, I I want to thank you guys for kind of uh, encouraging me to do that. And um, and all the support that you guys have, have given me over the, the, the course of the last year. And then um, uh, real quick, I'll just mention, I, I also have a channel where we just kind of share our adventures around Montana and some of the national stuff like that. We call it Adventures of Shane and Laura. Um, so if you're, if you're interested in, in just kind of like, uh, what's a cool new place around Montana that I could check out, um, you can check out our channel on YouTube and, uh, maybe, maybe something will catch your eye and give you a a little inspiration for an adventure of your own.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. We've watched, I've definitely watched your everything, both your channels there. And I love all the work you guys do, you and your wife. It's really fun and interesting to watch. And I appreciate what
2: you do. Thanks, Thorny. I appreciate that.
0: All right, well, it's, uh, that was a lot of fun. Like Shane said, to kind of just go down memory lane and do a lot of research on this, even though I didn't have all like the stuff that I researched in front of me, but I it was just really fun to reminisce and just remember how good it was and how how good those 2010 teams were. You just kind of forget it a little bit—the recency bias for sure—but it was a lot of fun. Um, just to get us out of here, you can always, as always, find us on Twitter. Our catcast—that's where we do most of our activity. You can find us on bobcatnation.com under the recurring thread that we have over there. And as always, we'll end this with a go cats. Go cats.
2: Go cats.